welcome. You are listening to OPOD's Occupational Health Podcast. This is a podcast series by the Occupational Health Clinics for Ontario Workers, where we discuss the challenges of current and emerging trends in occupational health and offer effective prevention strategies to empower workers. Greetings. I'm Andrew Flanagan, an ergonomist with OCOW in the Southwest region, and I'm joined today by Ministry of Labor, Immigration, Training and Skills Development, or MLITSD, Western Region Ergonomist, Amir Estlin, who's going to share some insight into the typical issues and solutions that they encounter during inspections and investigations at workplaces. Amir, welcome to the podcast. To get started, could you give us just a brief description of your role is as an ergonomist? Yeah. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for uh, the invite. Pleasure to kind of share some insight and experience as to what the MLITSD ergonomists provide. But yeah, just MLITSD uh, ergonomists in Ontario provide professional and technical support to ministry safety inspectors and uh, conduct inspections focusing on ergonomics to protect workers from ergonomics-related hazards. The Ministry of Labor, Immigration, Training, and Skills Development are tasked with enforcing the Occupational and Safety Act and the applicable regulations to it to ensure the safety of workers in workplaces. So just to help the listeners gain a little bit of understanding of some of the terms that we're going to be discussing in this podcast, ergonomics is the science of fitting the job or task to the physical and mental capabilities of the worker. Applying ergonomics principles in the workplace can reduce injuries and improve productivity and quality of work. Primary focus that ergonomics seeks to address is reducing musculoskeletal disorders, or MSDs. MSD is an umbrella term for a number of injuries and disorders of the muscles, tendons, ligaments, nerves, and joints of the body, also known as our soft tissues. Many body areas can be affected, uh, most often our backs, shoulders, necks, elbows, hands, wrists. And we also hear some other terms with similar meanings to MSD, including repetitive strain injury, or RSI, cumulative trauma disorder, or CTD, work-related musculoskeletal disorder, or WMSD, musculoskeletal injury, which is MSK or MSI, and then occupational overuse syndrome, or OOS. So the goal of this discussion is to hopefully uh, educate and engage some employers, supervisors, workers, Joint Health and Safety Committee members, who can then take this information and uh, use it to be proactive in, in the workplace for the prevention of MSDs. I think when most public stakeholders think about your position, Amir, they picture responses to investigations that may involve complaints, work refusals, uh, critical injuries, or fatalities. So critical injuries and fatalities, as we know, are required to be reported to the MLITSD by workplaces. But MSDs don't really fit into this category of critical injury. Um, so I've kind of outlined some questions just to help listeners understand your role and hopefully provide some information to the workplaces that they can take back and apply to proactively reduce MSDs. So with that introduction, uh, let's just jump right into the questions. Uh, so Amir, uh, typically, I was wondering, who are you contacted by to visit a workplace? Could it be the Joint Health and Safety Committee? Is it by work refusal? Uh, could it be to assist in an investigation? Yeah, so the uh, Ministry of Labor, Immigration, Training and Skills Development ergonomists, you know, we're located throughout the province and uh, we provide technical support to ministry inspectors in all sectors, such as construction, healthcare, mining and industrial. And we conduct inspections focusing on ergonomics, supporting inspectors and in responding to events such as complaints, work refusals, injuries and fatalities are the 
MLITSD ergonomist highest priorities. Now, reactive inspections by the MLITSD ergonomist would be driven throughout the complaint system, which can be initiated by anyone that has a concern or knowledge of a hazard in the workplace. It could be by anyone, really, as they can maintain their anonymity, whether it be by a worker that is concerned for their own safety, someone's coworker that is concerned for someone else's safety, a concerned family member, or even a member of the public that has observed unsafe work practices. In other situations, the MLITSD ergonomist would be accompanying a health and safety inspector to perform an ergonomics or human factors assessment of a specific situation to assist the inspector in their specific investigation, whether it be a work refusal, a critical injury, or a fatality. And I think it's important to point out the primary risk factors for MSD, uh, just for our listeners here, so including force, poor posture, repetition, as well as vibration, temperature, and then psychosocial factors such as pace of work, high pressures, stress, etc. A lot of times when we think about a hazard in a workplace, people might think about something clear like a tripping hazard. Um, so the reason that I, I, I mentioned these risk factors for MSDs is just to point out that the hazard is not always that visible to us. So the hazard could be something like continuous lifting throughout the day that over time wears on our tissues and then ultimately results in injury. When you mentioned hazards in the workplace there, Amir, I just wanted to make sure that I touched on that because we hadn't clarified what MSD hazards were earlier in the podcast. Yeah, and those <clears> would be the hazards that the ergonomist would be assessing on each worksite when we encounter uh, such situations. What would be the most common reason for attending a workplace? For example, do you respond to more hazards or, or more injuries? Are you often there more, more proactively or, or reactively? Yeah, that's hard to say. You know, there's various reasons that bring an MLITSD inspector and or an ergonomist into a workplace. They'll include proactive inspections based on initiatives taking place in the province or region. Now, the ergonomist may also proactively attend workplaces or sectors that might typically have higher rates of MSD. And as we just discussed earlier, MLITSD ergonomists will also attend workplaces to address complaints that have been reported through the MLITSD call center. And unfortunately, the other reason that uh, we will attend a workplace is in support of an investigation to a critical injury or a fatality to a worker. So are there any trends uh, then in the data related to MSDs among the different sectors that you would work with? Uh, when I say sectors, I'm referring to construction, healthcare, mining, and industrial. Yeah, MSD rate varies between sectors because demands and available controls are very different between them. However, the trending between sectors has seemed to be comparable. For example, between 2011 and 2019, the average provincial MSD lost time injury rate, so when considering all sectors and workplaces, showed a downward trend of 0.413 to 0.29, which would be indicative of the number of MSD lost time injury claims per 100 full-time equivalent workers. Now, to put that into perspective, that also amounts to a drop of just under 40% of all lost time injury claims in 2011 to just under 30% of the lost time injury claims in 2019 between all sectors. Okay, so then um, building off of the trends, is there is there a season or a time of year that you see a spike in MSDs? Uh, and what do you think the reason for that might be? Yeah, when looking at sector-specific statistics, there have been some similar trends that follow the overall provincial MSD rate trends, but the rates between those sectors varies. For example, although the healthcare, industrial, construction, and mining sectors seem to have followed similar trends between 2011 and 2019, the actual MSD rate in the healthcare sector is over 50% higher than the provincial average. That has a lot to do with the control measures available towards the physical demands of the work 
within the healthcare sector. However, the MSD lost time injury rate trends have shown a decrease over the time, which aligns with the provincial trending. The construction and industrial sectors were noted to be within 10% of the provincial average MSD lost time injury rate, while the mining sector has been approximately 25 to 30% lower than the provincial average for MSD lost time injury rate in that time. Now, your question was specific to looking at seasons, but the actual trending within seasons is really hard to report and isn't really tracked because as we discussed, um, MSDs might have long-term onset, so might be gradual in nature and therefore may not be reported for several months uh, later. As well, going through the WSB system, uh, the reporting might lag as well. For the next question here, I'm just going to kind of throw a situation at you. I was hoping they might be able to give some insight uh, into. Uh, so a 20-year-old worker who is completing an apprenticeship in carpentry goes into work every day and is required to complete tasks that they know are hard on their body. So on a daily basis, maybe they're, they're manually transporting heavy materials around the work site, maybe to make them more available for the experienced carpenters or, or co-workers. And perhaps this, this worker has a constant feeling that it's only a matter of time before they sustain some sort of injury as a result of their constant daily physical exertion. But the, this is just kind of how the employer has always done things. And so this young worker might not feel like they can approach their employer to explain their concerns. So what, what would your advice be to this worker? Yeah, you know, one highlight from the hypothetical scenario is the age of the worker. You know, studies show that new and young workers in Ontario are four times more likely to get hurt during the first month on the job than at any other time. Now, in Ontario, every worker has three rights to remember, which are, number one, the right to know about the hazards of the job, number two, the right to participate in training, and number three, the right to refuse unsafe work. Now, I would recommend that this worker utilizes the internal responsibility system as much as possible. You know, start with a joint health and safety committee or safety rep where applicable to discuss the concerns. You know, reference safe work partners for information gathering, such as OCAL. Uh, in this situation, it'd be the IHSA, Infrastructure Health and Safety Association. Um, there are references available uh, for resources available on ontario.ca forward slash MSD. There's also a resource uh, at uh, msdprevention.com to look at. Now, if all avenues fail to make traction towards positive change, and the worker believes that a hazard to themselves or another worker exists, then the MLITSD call center can be contacted to escalate the concerns through the complaint system. It should be noted as well that there is legislation that states that your employer or your supervisor can't punish you in any way for doing what the Occupational and Safety Act says or for asking your employer or supervisor to do what the Occupational and Safety Act expects them to do. This is called a reprisal. It's even against the law for your supervisor or employer to threaten to punish or fire you for doing these things. So there's also an online complaint system available to report health and safety concerns or contraventions, which can be found at Ontario.ca. And at the top search bar, you can enter filing a workplace health and safety complaint. That'll save you from me reading an entire long actual uh, URL. Great. Yeah, thanks. That's a great answer to that question, Amir. And we can definitely include the link to the Ontario.ca page uh, that you're referring to. So that leads us into our next question. What is the most common activity or condition that you see in workplaces that often results in the development of MSDs and leads to the involvement of an MLITSD ergonomist? And how can workplaces 
be proactive uh, to prevent this from happening. Yeah, it's hard to pinpoint a most common mistake because layouts, materials, procedures, and practices vary so widely depending on the industry or sector. However, the considerations that are often present would be complacency in the process. Just because no one has reported an injury, that doesn't mean the hazard doesn't exist. MSDs commonly happen gradually over long periods of time due to the exposure to the hazards. If it's a period of high turnover workforce, then the risk can be masked, but eventually will come up depending on the exposure to workers. Workplaces must treat MSD hazards the same as any other hazard, like a crush, burn, or cut hazard. That means first understanding the hazard and then using that knowledge to assess and identify the hazards within the process. That would then lead to looking at improvements through common control measures. As with any hazards, the hierarchy of controls for MSD hazards should be followed as a best practice. Engineering controls are physical changes to the workspace, equipment, materials, tools that eliminate or reduce the MSD hazards. Now, engineering controls are always going to be the most effective proactive control. Then ensure that materials are presented to the worker at the right height, weight, and reach, depending on the worker population frequency requirements. Then you'll want to eliminate some or all of the heavy handling within the process through mechanical means, process or layout changes, which reduce the need for double handling items, or even handle them at all in the process. Consider available mechanical assistance that could be utilized in the process, such as lift assist, carts, lift and turntables, rollers, etc. There's lots of opportunity for improvement in that regard. Now, from an administrative side of things, it's imperative that employers establish appropriate safe work procedures with consideration on safe handling techniques, placement and organization of the workstations as well. Work planning is also integral to being proactive as the flow division of labor and movements of parts and materials through the process can dictate the number of lifts and amount of carrying required by workers. Now, training is integral to the process as well, as it can also be an important step in being proactive for identifying hazards in the work, as well as ensuring safe handling methods and safe work procedures are understood. Training should also ensure an understanding amongst workers to utilize safe handling equipment and procedures that an employer has set in place. Outside of training on a specific job being performed, employers can also provide workers with the instruction of MSD hazards. So they understand what they are, what the early signs and symptoms are, and who they should talk to to report any pain or discomfort. By engaging the workers in the MSD prevention process, simple improvements can help reduce the MSD risk. Under the Occupational and Safety Act, Section 25-2A states, information, instruction, and supervision. Now, information could be a pamphlet or a poster that is provided to a worker to read. The instruction aspect, would be the employer describing the safe actions and having feedback to ensure that the worker understands the information. And finally, the supervision would be a necessary aspect as it ensures ongoing auditing of the safe work procedures to ensure that the work is being done safely as it had been instructed. Uh, great answer to that question. So then what would you think is the most common tool or assessment method that you would use for assessing MSD hazards? And might workplaces be able to use these tools to be proactive? The MLI TSD ergonomists are trained in assessment methodologies, which some might call the ergo assessment toolbox. We would use different tools depending on the analysis required to assess the hazard. It might be a psychophysical or a biomechanical assessment. It might also require more in-depth literature review or review of applicable known standards found through the CSA, ISO, or ANSI, for example. Now, MLI TSD ergonomists are trained ergonomists, and the tools we use would not be considered easy for an untrained person to use or interpret the results from. 
applicable standards can be found or purchased by workplace parties. There are also readily available resources and simple assessment methodologies for MSD prevention available to stakeholders in the MSD prevention guideline for Ontario at msdprevention.com. Alternatively, there are also sector-based health and safety associations which are available to provide support and information proactively to workplaces. There's the Infrastructure Health and Safety Association, IHSA, which serves the construction, electrical, utilities, aggregates, natural gas, ready mix, concrete, and transportation sectors. There's also Public Services Health and Safety Association, PSHSA, which works with Ontario's public and broader public sector employers. Workplace Safety and Prevention Services, WSPS, serves the manufacturing, agricultural, and service sectors. And then there's Workplace Safety North, WSN, serves the mining and forest products industries, as well as businesses across Northern Ontario. Now, besides those, there's also OCAL and WHSC, which are health and safety associations which serve people in all sectors. Further information related to ergonomics and applicable legislation in Ontario can be found at ontario.ca forward slash MSD. Okay, great. That's a great bit of information. Um, so that leads us into our last question for the podcast. Uh, Amira, I was wondering if you could give one tip to workplaces to help them minimize MSDs based on common hazards and mistakes that you see, uh, what would that be? Yeah, realistically, there's no one simple solution as every workplace and scenario is different. Now, from a systems level, workplace parties should understand and observe the processes or actions within a job, then relate the findings with an understanding of potential MSD hazards. At that point, when corrective actions are brainstormed or theorized and then put in place, everyone should follow up to ensure that the theory and practice match up to their intended effectiveness. To control the hazards so that there's no contravention to the Occupational Safety Act and regulations is integral within the process. From an awareness level, there should be an increase in awareness of MSD at the supervisor level and even among the Joint Health and Safety Committee or worker health and safety representatives about how to identify MSD hazards in the work being performed. The msdprevention.com website has a poster series that workers and employers can use to learn about MSD hazards and be able to identify what may be contributing to the hazard. These quick start posters highlight the most prominent and easiest to implement MSD prevention techniques. They cover topics like storage practices, safe manual material handling, above shoulder work, awkward neck postures, gripping and wrist postures, and work organization to promote work demand recovery. It's also important to include the workers in this identification process as they can be a valuable source for the development of improvements and solutions to reduce MSD risk. There's also a lot of knowledge and experience from workers doing the job and a lot of information that can be obtained with proper use of the internal responsibility system. Now, oftentimes workers performing the job may not even realize that they have established methods of handling that would minimize the risk of MSDs. So by utilizing the feedback from the workers and then following up with them about their work process and requirements, an employer will be able to gather valuable input into the hazards as well as solutions or improvements to carry across to all workers or even other similar jobs in the workplace. All right, that's a great, another very informative uh, answer, Amir. And that wraps up uh, the questions that I had outlined for today. I think there's a lot of really valuable information in there that workplaces can hopefully take and use to learn um, and apply to their, to their own workplace. So I want to thank you for your time, uh, Amir. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, you're welcome. It's been a pleasure. And if anyone has any questions about any of the content that they've heard in the podcast today, they can contact OCAO at 1-877-817-0336 or by emailing 
ask, A-S-K, at ocow.on.ca. For more information about this podcast, including show notes and companion materials, go to our website, www.ohcow.on.ca. If you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast channel to ensure you receive notification of our latest episode. As well, check us out on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you for joining us.